0: Let me put five names on the screen here. These five people, you may not recognize their names today, but they were at one time recognized because they share something in common. Wayne McLaren, David Miller, Janet Sockman, David Gorlitz, William Thornberry. One thing they share in common, they were all models. Specifically, specifically though, they were models for cigarette ads. Another thing they share in common is they all found themselves with various diseases and illnesses from smoking cigarettes. They all then became outspoken opponents about smoking. Interesting behind that, that idea that all that glitters is not gold. What's presented often when you pull back the screen is something very, very different. Let me show you something I learned from Kent Hovind, how easy, easy it is to be brainwashed. Here's a simple riddle. See if you know the answer. A man took off jogging from home. He jogged a little way, took a left, jogged a little ways and took another left, jogged a little ways and took another left, jogged a little ways more, and on his way home, there were two masked men waiting for him. Who were the masked men? Back in 1975, Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes coined the term the imposter syndrome. The imposter syndrome, many people wrestle with this and some studies show that uh, well over half the population struggles with this at some point, some very much so. The imposter syndrome is simply the belief that you don't deserve the success and happiness that you have. That somehow deep down you think you're a fraud that sooner or later others are going to find out. For instance, Maya Angelou, the the very, very popular best-selling author, shares she wrestles with this. That when she writes another book, she's scared that people are going to reject that and say, you know, she never could write, even though she's known as a great writer. It's a type of worldly thinking that says, you know, I got here by chance and always putting self down or unable to take appreciation, self sabotage that we do. Again, things in the, the world type of thinking, the imposter syndrome or the things that glitter. We're going to look at something though that's different in our thinking. Psalm 65:11 David makes this statement, "You crown the year with your goodness. Your paths drip with abundance." Crown is a royal symbol, of course. It also means to surround with blessing. David here says you surround the year with blessing, not one day, not a specific holiday, but every day, you surround with blessing. You see, it's a whole different type of thinking. One thinking says, I don't deserve success and happiness. Another type of thinking gets in alignment with the mind of Christ and says, you know, God, he surrounds every day with blessing. And his paths, they drip with abundance. That idea there is, if you anoint a king, the anointing oil flows down the head and drips down to the feet. A symbol, again, of of abundance, his presence. Here's somebody that knew that promise well. Back in 1941, Betty Baxter, she was born with a a spinal disease. It caused tremendous pain, caused tremendous complications as she started to grow, unable to walk, leave bed. It, It... caused some of her organs to shut down. There was so much pain involved They gave her high doses of morphine. The high-dose treatments would leave her blind and deaf. She eventually would regain her sight and her hearing, but the pain was so intense, and this went on until she was 15, and at that point, she gave her life to Christ and still wrestled with this tremendous pain and discomfort, seeming to have no hope because the doctors were out of answers. She would write about her story, testified about it for decades. Because she shared that one day, after she gave her life to Christ, she began to read in Scripture about people being healed. Where doctors had a mindset, it's impossible. She began to pray, and she said herself, she had a very clear vision. She felt the words in her heart, August 24th, Sunday afternoon, 3 o'clock. That date was about two months away. She had her mom buy her new clothes, new shoes. She said, I'm gonna walk that day, wear my first dress. They told neighbors, friends, some laughed. Others said, I'm gonna join you that day in prayer. And on Sunday, August 24th, three o'clock, Betty Baxter had a dramatic and complete healing. You crown the year with your goodness. Your paths, they drip with abundance. One type of thinking, I don't deserve that success, that happiness, that relationship, these blessings. Another type says, you know what? He died, He rose, He lives. That I might know I'm surrounded by His blessings. It's easy to get brainwashed. You don't know the answer to the riddle the man that jogs a little way and turns and jogs a little way. On the way home, there's two masked men. If I simply put up a picture of a baseball diamond, suddenly you realize that the two masked men are the, the catcher, the umpire. It's easy to be brainwashed. It's also easy to see clearly if we just have someone come along and help us to notice something maybe we hadn't seen before, such as a different type of thinking and alignment with Scripture where the world says impossible or you don't deserve this. We can grab hold of the promise and say, you know what? All the promises are yes and amen in Christ, and He surrounds me with His blessing. Jim Cerno shares four simple points. He says, I believe when God gives you a word of faith, write it down and speak it out of your own mouth he goes on to say i believe it's important pray about it also confess it write it down speak it pray it confess it not the imposter syndrome that so many confess i don't deserve it but a different type of thinking a different type of speaking that says you know what he died that i might live and have life to the full. For Jim Cerno, one thing he began to pray, we will have a mortgage-free house. He said, I didn't know how it would happen, how God would work it out, but I started to believe that, write it, confess it, pray it. We will have a mortgage-free house day in and day out. And God brought that about through different people. So, the question is, though, for you, for me, is, is what are you believing for? As Mark eleven twenty three, 23, he shall have whatsoever he saith. What is it that we say in our hearts and, and with our mouth? What is it that we believe in a world filled with people falling into things like the imposter syndrome? Simple question who said this? A house divided against itself cannot stand. Many people recognize it from the speech of Abraham Lincoln before he became president. He was speaking about not just the country, but divisions in the government. He was quoting, of course, though, who really said it, Jesus in Matthew 12. A house divided against itself will not stand. What's interesting is Jesus says three things. He says a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. A city divided against itself will not stand. And then he says, and a house divided against itself will not stand. A house, husbands and wives, parents and children's families, churches. Imagine as a husband and wife, people again wonder why their marriage is not where they know it should be and could be, but they always disagree about. So many things. They always say critical things, one to another. Jesus says, listen, a house divided, it will not stand. It's so important we come into alignment with the mind of Christ and speak the things that He spoke and then be in agreement on those things with those most in our lives. So for you, maybe it's not, I will have a mortgage-free house. but Maybe you, husband and wife, are... Going to begin to speak. My child will be set free from this addiction. Our marriage will be legendary. Whatever it might be, again, to recognize we are surrounded every day by the blessing. Charlie Roberts says, are you speaking words of life over your situation? Have you forgotten God is a God of suddenly moments, a God of right-now possibilities? Suddenly moments and right-now possibilities. This is Beverly Buffini. She had an impossible dream to be in the Olympics in 1988. She did very well in college, applied, was rejected. She went on to teach at West Point, applied, rejected. She began to call and write letters to the Olympic Committee over and over and over, month in, month out. Finally, one day they called and said, if we give you a tryout, will you promise to stop contacting us? She showed up for that tryout. There were 64 other women That night after volleyball practice, half were sent home. The next day they announced tonight another half will be sent home. When they got to the evening, they read the names of those who could stay. The last name they read was Beverly. Her dream was far from being complete. They pulled her aside and here's what they said. It's four years until the Olympics. We're going to bring in hundreds of girls to try to take your spot. You have a very, very small chance of being here by the time we go to Seoul. You see, the problem, Beverly is 5'8". They were looking for players 6'4". Imagine the challenge, even your own coaches. And she would share... Over the next four years, they brought in hundreds of girls to try to take her spot. But she had a different belief. She didn't have that belief, the imposter syndrome, I don't deserve this. She said, I'm surrounded every day by the blessings of God, and I deserve this. And in 1988, she made the Olympics and went to Seoul. Love this quote. Nobody knows who is the one that first said it, but it's simply... An amateur practices until he gets it right. A professional practices until he can't get it wrong. Amateurs just practice to not get it right. We want to be about a different mindset in our prayer life, our relationships, in our serving others, seeking excellence in all that we do, serving the king. Because as Proverbs 22 says, do you see a man skilled in his work? He will stand before kings. You see, because the blessing is there for each of us, if we stop listening to the world's thinking, that says it can't be done, so easily people get brainwashed into things like, I don't deserve this. When somebody comes along and shows us how we can see things a little differently and grab hold of something in Scripture and begin to confess that, believe it, pray it, Jim Rohn, the legendary speaker, he said, here's four questions you can simply ask. Why? Why not? Why not you? Why not now? Why? Why not? Why not you? Why not now? The reality is we live in a day and age that anybody from their living room can start an outreach ministry to impact every continent in the world. Anybody can leave here today, go home and start an outreach ministry. You can do videos, you can do podcasts, you can start writing, putting articles on the internet, sharing about your faith, your testimony. Just like Betty Baxter and impacting other people and saying, look, I was lost. Now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. But few do it because they believe they don't deserve it. And that's a mindset that needs to exit our life where we instead say, you know what? Do you see a man skilled in his work, in his service? He'll stand before kings because he's blessed by God because his blessing is there all year. Luke 8, 48, the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Remember, she touches Jesus and he looks at her and says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And Then John 20, when Jesus appears to the disciples after the resurrection, what does he say? Peace be with you. A reminder that word peace, shalom, which Jesus spoke about. Peace be with you. I leave you my peace. It means nothing missing, nothing broken. You see, in a world where people criticize and downplay and disbelieve, our faith says, you know what? I trust in a Savior who speaks nothing missing, nothing broken over my life. It's a different mindset that says, it doesn't matter where the majority may go, I follow the footsteps of the one who says, nothing missing. Nothing broken. Napoleon back in the 1700s said the greatest attribute of a soldier is not loyalty. It's not courage. It's endurance. Endurance. Just as Paul spoke, it's not about beginning the race. It's running it well. It's completing it. It's the endurance to say when everybody else gives up, I'll go further. And I'll continue to follow Him. As Ralph Harris says, to achieve spiritual success, do not forget to give God the first hour of the day, the first day of the week, the first part of every paycheck, the first consideration in every decision, and the first place in your heart. Notice 1 Samuel chapter 30, a fascinating account where David and his men are away from the city. And the Amalekites, remember a few weeks ago, Amalek represents Satan. The Amalekites show up, kidnap all the people. When David and his men return, they see what's happened. They weep. They're fearful. The people even look at David and say, it's your fault, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, When all this is happening, we're told David strengthened himself, and the Lord is God. When everybody else was in panic, when there was the chaos, the words of nothing can be done, the first thing that needs to happen for you, for me, like for David, he strengthened himself in the Lord. When the crowd was saying the sky is falling, David went and got in prayer and praise, and he listened, and he received the promise from God. Here's how to rescue your families. He went and did that very thing. Charlie Roberts says, What's coming out of your mouth? Are you speaking words of life over your situation? The message paraphrase of Luke 11 says, Here's what I'm saying, ask and you'll get, seek, you'll find, knock, the door will open, don't bargain with God, be direct, ask for what you need. Charlie Roberts writes, when we ask, it should always be in faith, expectance, and with thanksgiving in our hearts. In other words, always come with the attitude that your cup is about to run over, not run out. You crown the year with your goodness. Your paths drip with abundance, surrounding every day with blessing. We close with one verse here out of Psalm 65.1. Let me read a couple different translations so we get the flavor of what Davis says. New American Standard, there will be silence before you, and praise in Zion, O God. International standard, in Zion, God, praise silently awaits you. Darby, praise waiteth for thee in silence, O God. Young's translation, to thee silence praise, O God, is in Zion. Sometimes, Silence, listening, waiting, just hearing expectation in our heart. Gordon Curley says, the words literally mean to use silence is praise. It means to fall silent before God as you reflect on the wonder and majesty of His presence. You're left in a silent appreciation. When the world says, You don't deserve this. When our own thoughts and mind says, I'm an imposter, what are people going to find out? When the enemy comes in like a flood and People panic. Start to believe the sky is falling, there's no hope. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Sometimes the best way to do that is just to sit in silence and say thank you. Thank you for the cross, thank you for the empty tomb, thank you for the promise. We had the mind of Christ. And we speak different things. And when others talk about lack, we confess. He surrounds every day with blessing. To thee, silence, praise, O God, is in Zion.